0: This morning, we are continuing our study in 1 Peter. Today's a controversial one. Okay? So just hang on. Uh, Give me a little leeway before you make any decisions on whether or not you're going to listen to me. Uh, Let's remember where we've been, because that lays some important groundwork for where we're going. Um, In 1 Peter, Peter is writing to a church that's under persecution, all of the people Peter's writing to have just come off of being underneath Nero, who hated Christianity, who despised Christianity, who persecuted Christians. Peter's writing to great people and he's saying, look, I'm going to tell you how to live a Christian life in difficult times." And he talks to us about, be submissive to the government. You need to learn to do that. He talks to slaves. He said, look, I understand your masters are pretty tough on you, but you be submissive to them. And we talked about the idea of submission being to to place yourself and rank under. And we laid out some of those principles. And then last week we ended it with Peter talking about the idea that, you know what? Jesus Christ was submissive to God. And he came to do the will of the Father. And he was our example. Peter's drilling it down, so to speak. He's talked about the government. He's talked about slaves. And now he's going to get into the family unit. And then he's going to come back to it and talk to us talk to it about all of us. So this morning, he's going to specifically address husbands and wives, and he's going to have some lessons for all of us, but specifically he's talking about husbands and wives. Let's remember, Peter is not saying here, he's not talking about people who are in great situations. He's talking about people who are in difficult situations. He's not talking about people who have it easy, who have everything going for them. He's talking about people who are being killed under Rome. He's talking to slaves who were being mistreated by their masters. And what's happened is, and this is important to understand, Christianity turned everything upside down. One of the reasons Peter has to address Rome and slavery is because in Christianity, everyone is equal. And that was revolutionary at this time. Because Paul is going to teach that in Christ there's neither bond nor free, male nor female, Jew nor Greek. We are all equal in Christ. And so what's happening is people are getting saved, and they're going, hey, since we're equal in Christ, I'm going to claim my rights. And Peter was like, whoa, 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 whoa. let's back off the right thing. It's about the gospel, and we talked about that last week. You know, at the end of you getting ticked off and saying something to somebody, can you share the gospel with them? Because you should be able to. That idea is going to continue. So here we go. 1 Peter, chapter 3. Remember, don't make any comments or anything until we're all done. By the way, Peter's married. Don't forget that. Okay. So, here we go. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands. See. So that, what? If any of them do not believe by the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. When they see the purity and reverence in your lives. All right. Okay, ladies, here we go. Hang on. Don't make any... Let's understand some background because it's really important. The culture of the day. The Roman people taught that women were inferior to men. Okay? Aristotle, that great philosopher, said, point blank, women are inferior to men. So the culture of the day, the Roman culture of the day said, men first, women second. Here's what happened. In that culture, if a man was converted to another religion or faith, the wife automatically followed, and so did the children. So, follow this for a second. I'm I'm the husband of my family. My wife and I are married. I worship the goddess Aphrodite. I decide, which was the goddess in in Corinth, and I decide that, you know what, I don't want to worship that guy anymore. I want to worship the goddess Diana, which was the goddess in Ephesus. So I decide that we're going to break from going to the church of Aphrodite and we're going to go to the church over here of Diana. Culture said this. I as the husband making the decision and I start going over here, my wife and my children have to follow and now become members of the church of Diana. They have no choice. If my wife were to stick in her heels and say, no, 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 we are of the church of Aphrodite. She was considered unfaithful. Not only to me, but to my religion. So this was a bad thing to do. Remember when I said Christianity turned everything upside down? Here's what was happening in the day. Women were coming to Christ. And as they started to grow, guess what they started to learn? We are one in Christ. We are equal. And so what happened? So they started saying, I don't have to listen to you. And the husband went, oh yes, I want Christianity. No. The, the husbands were going, well, if that's your religion which teaches you to go against me, I don't want anything with it. And so Peter, and the same thing was happening with slaves. Slaves were doing the same thing with masters. And Peter was saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not about your rights. It's about the ability to share the gospel. So women... Be submissive, arrange yourself, and rank under your husband. So that, notice he goes on to say, why? So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. They look at her and go, you know what? I don't know what it is, but something about her's changed. She used to be mean as a hornet. Now she's nice. She used to burn food. Now she's taking cooking lessons. She's trying to be a better spouse. I don't get it, but you know what? Whatever she's got is working. maybe I need to look at it that and see what that's really all about. That's what Peter's saying. That's been his argument all along. He's talked about, like I say, he's talked about it with, with everybody else, and then notice and, and so he says that they can see the reverence and the purity of your lives. Now, notice what happens here. He says in the same way. What did he just talk about in chapter 2? Christ and his submission to the Father. So he said, just like Christ was submissive to the Father, be submissive to your husband. Now, let's talk about this for a second, because in our culture, when I say order, we think, if I come in and say, um, yeah, there was a there was like yesterday. There was a wrestling tournament yesterday, and I got second. Is that good or bad? It's good, but what did every wrestler want? First. Why? Because in our culture, second is not as good as first. In the military, there is an order. There is a rank. Okay, And everything functions by rank. Understand this. If you've been in the military, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The higher rank does not mean they are better, more competent, or more capable. All it means is they have a higher rank. That's all it means. Okay? Why? It is a function of order. That's all it is. It is not a statement about ability or anything else everybody clear on this okay here let me help you out because ladies get all bent out of shape about this it's like well wait a minute if i'm submissive to my husband it's like i'm inferior no it's not because what does peter say here he says in the same way that christ came to do the will of father here's where theology helps you out so hang on for a second i'm gonna give you a quick theology lesson and this will settle this issue for most of you women who might be struggling with this here's the way it goes In theology, we have a term that we call when we're dealing with the Trinity, and we say it this way, equal in essence, subordinate in function. Let me explain it. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, who's the best? They're all one. They are all God. You do not say, and you would never say one's better than the other, would you? Because then you're saying one is inferior, correct? So in theology, here's what we call that. Equal in essence. They are all equally God. But here's what's interesting. When you study the Bible, you find that there's an order. For instance, God the Father sends who? God the Son. And when Jesus is is here, what do you keep continually hearing him say? I have come to do the will of the Father. So there's an order. So The Father sends the Son. The Son does the will of the Father. There's an order. And then what does the Son ultimately do? He sends who? The Holy Spirit. Who does what? Who points back to Jesus. Who points back to the Father. There is in the Trinity an order. We call it subordinate in function. There is a God-given role for each member of the Trinity. God the Father does certain things. God the Son does certain things. God the Holy Spirit does certain things. And each of them points to the one above them, but they are equal. You get that? Okay, that's really important to understand because when we talk about, okay, women are to be submissive to husbands. We think in our head, well, subordinate means inferior. Not any more than you say the Holy Spirit is third. And in theology, that's heresy theology you died for stuff like that for going up for standing up and saying you know they're not all God they are all equal so it's really important you understand what all God's saying is this in the family structure just like in the government structure there's an order function within your God given order that's all he's saying the government God's put it over you you'd be, sub- you'd be subjected to your gov- government slaves masters there's an order do what you're supposed to do. Reflect God in them. Women, there's an order. Not about ability, not about inferiority. It's just simply an order. No different than, than the military or anything else that, that we have order in. And by the way, then who's underneath that? Who's underneath the, it would go dad, wife or mom, kids. You know there's another level, by the way? Uh, animals I'm sorry if you're vegan first of all I don't know what you're doing in Iowa but if you're vegan you should know animals were created for us for our benefit and our enjoyment not us for them those of you that are cat owners you need to go home and share this with your cat because your cat thinks they're top of the food chain Um, they're at the top of the list those of you the dogs, they get it. Okay? The dog gets it, okay? that, he's, you know, that he's down there. Anyway, all right. We get what we're saying, and this is what Peter's saying. He's saying, look, women, be careful. Although you're equal in essence, if you start getting above in authority, you're going to have a very difficult time then winning your husband over. And then notice what he goes on to say. Next, he takes it a little further, women. He says, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as braided hair, wearing of gold, and fine clothes. Instead, it should be that which is your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. See that word gentle? Used four times in the Bible, once here, once in the gentle or the meek shall inherit the earth, and two times of Jesus Christ. Very, very important concept. And he says that, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For in this way, the holy women of the past put their hope, and God used to make themselves beautiful. Beautiful. They were submissive to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called her master. Now, uh, you are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. All right, let's do a couple of things. Number one, ladies, this is not saying go home and call your husband master, okay? Secondly, men, even though it's Valentine's Day this week, it's not saying don't go buy her a, a hair salon gift certificate, jewelry, or fine clothes, all right? It's not saying any of those things. Do all of that, all right? The key is you don't make that the focus. That's what he's saying. And Peter here is talking to the women, and in that culture what would happen is if you had wealth, you'd flaunt it. So you'd have people spend hours on their hair, hours braiding it intricately. You'd have people spend thousands of dollars on jewelry, on really, really super fancy clothes. This is not saying women don't wear makeup. Okay? If the barn needs painting, paint it. Okay? <coughs> What's that? No, no, no. I mean, if the barn needs painting, paint it. But don't rebuild it. <laughs> you know, don't rebuild it. Just throw a little paint on it. Call it good. <laughs> Here's his focus. Okay, we're getting way off track now. Everybody's going, holy cow. How in the world did we get there? Here's his focus. He says, look. He said, ladies, he said, it's about what's coming from the inside out. That should be your true beauty. It should be about what's internal because we all are old enough to learn this. The external changes. But he says the internal, notice what he says about it. He talks about it, it's an unfading beauty. Ladies, there should be within your life a development of character that is beautiful. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. Let me tell you something. If you spend most of your day worried about how you look externally, and you're not worried about what's going on internally, then Peter's saying that's wrong. He spends a lot of time dealing with the ladies because that was a really big issue at the time. There was a lot of controversy over what's my role now that I'm in Christ. So he kind of lays out some things. He talks about Sarah here. That's significant. And and here's all he's saying. In the Jewish world, who's the father of faith? Abraham. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Every Jew. I'm a son of the God of... I, I worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They always go back to Abraham. Here's what they don't talk about. Who's his wife? Sarah. And all those great things that Abraham did, guess who did them with him? Sarah. And that's all Peter does. Is Peter says, hey, look, ladies, just like the guys looked to Abraham, you can look back to Sarah. Because God used both of them. And when he said, God's called me to a foreign country, and I don't know where we're going, but we're packing up and we're moving, she said, okay. She said, if that's where God wants us, then that's where we go. And he said, there's your example, ladies. That, that you know, that's what we want to do. That's what that's what we want to have, that kind of attitude, that kind of spirit that says, this is what God wants, then this is where we're going. So, Peter kind of wraps that up, and then he gets to the guys. I love this with the guys, man. He just don't beat around the bush with the guys. He gets right to it. Here's what he says. It's one verse. <laughs> one verse, but he packs it full. Here's what he says. Husbands. In the same way, notice what he says, be considerate as you live with your wives, literally dwell with them according to knowledge, treat them with respect as a weaker partner and heirs of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayer. He kind of just looks at the guys and he goes, okay guys, here it comes. And and I think part of it is, guys have a shorter attention span, so he knew he probably couldn't get four verses in and keep their attention, so he goes, one verse, real quick, fills it full here's what he says guys live with your wife dwell together with her literally you know what this means it means in the evening you need to be home with her it's your responsibility to develop a relationship it's your responsibility to spend time with your wife it's your responsibility at the end of the day to go home and be with her not your sports, not your thing, not your your buddies not uh not not wherever you hang out, not whatever hobby or da 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 no, no no, your responsibility is go spend time with your wife, oh, but you don't know how bad it is, oh, yeah, he said only if she treats you right, no, no, you be considered as you live with your wife, you go and you live with her, you be with her, and it's like, oh, you know, do you know you know. She wants me to watch those movies. You know, and they're all sappy. We just have a thing. My wife, she picks one, I pick one. So my wife's seen a lot of war movies. I've seen all the sappy ones. Okay, Um, You know, why? We do it together. It's together. And that's what he goes on to say. He says, live with your wives... And he talks about this idea of, it's the idea literally of knowing your wife. Our world says you can't know what a woman thinks. Are you ready for this? You know what Peter says? As a husband, it's your job to know how she thinks. It's your God-given responsibility. You better figure her out. You have to, Peter says, figure her out. Guys, you want to know what your role is as a husband? You figure her out. Oh, but you don't know how often it changes. Newsflash, been married 30 years. Got a little idea. Okay? Uh, I mean, it's one of those deals where, and you know what changed a lot in our marriage? When I started trying to figure my wife out and really study her and learn about her and understand her. Because you know what? Here's Again, here's the whole concept. Government, slaves, husbands, wives, whatever. It's not about you about them. And he says, and then he says, and treat them with respect, honor. You put her on a pedestal. There's nobody out there who talks better about your wife than you. Let me tell you something right now. There's a world out there of guys who will talk better about her than you. So you better be the one that she knows when she walks in that house or when anything's said about her. It is always in respect and honor. He says, you treat her with respect. Weaker partner. You know, again, it's like we think of weaker as inferior. Honestly, this is just a biological statement about physical ability. Not about emotional, not about intellectual. It's just a biological statement about, literally, it's weaker. In other words... We're in Iowa. Let me put it in 2013 Iowa Farm English. Guys, she ain't your hired hand. Okay? Go get a hired hand. All right? Physically, she might be more capable, but that's not her role. That's not her role. You treat her and you know, I learned this cuz I had my wife try to help me carry up. This was the this was the, you know you have major events in your marriage that you never forget. Mine was we tried to, find a, we tried to lift a 50-gallon water heater out of the basement up a set of stairs, and I said, no, honey, I'm not going to call Earl. You and I can do it. Do the math. 50 gallons, 8 pounds, 400, ga- 400 pounds, and I'm looking at my wife going, lift, baby, lift. <laughs> yeah. It only happened one time in our marriage. my wife, in a submissive way, said, you will call Earl next time. <laughs> uh, but again, what happens? He says, look, he said, you treat Earl with respect as a weaker partner. And notice what the next phrase says, guys. And as what? <laughs> heirs together. Oh, heirs, what is it? What's this one say? Heirs with you. Some versions say together. In other words, what's he say? You treat her with respect. Why? Because physically, she's different. We're not even going to go there. You can figure that one out. Physically, she's different, and she's an heir with you. You You are partners. You are equal together. You treat her with dignity and respect and honor. And you work at your marriage together. What do you say? It's a team. Guys, I again I'm okay. I'm, uh, I can get really upset and I can become really unchristian really fast when I get on this. This me, man, you woman mentality, I'd like to slap it out of you. Because that has no basis in Scripture. No. And this idea of, well, I'm superior and I'm better, and you've got to listen to me and say, I'd slap slap you silly until you figure it out if I could. That has no place in Scripture. And we're in a culture in which that's been where it's brought out. I've seen guys actually treat their hired men better than they treat their wives. And it just sends me over the roof when I see it. Why? That's not how you treat somebody with respect and honor. You ask my boys. My boys saw a side of a pastor none of you have ever seen when they treated my wife disrespectfully. They'll tell you. They, <laughs> what's that? One time. Yeah, Jimmy's going, it happened one time. Yeah, I came uncorked on him like nobody. Like I've never come uncorked on him. And I didn't say, you won't talk to your mom like right that way. I said, no one will talk to my wife like that, Ever. And you get back there and you make it right right now. And I mean, I, well, I said a few other things. But he knew, he knew that's the one thing you, I, is not was never tolerated in our house. Disrespecting a woman was never tolerated. And guess what? When he went off to military training, guess who his T.I. was? A little black five-foot-something lady that to this day he is petrified of. The mere mention of her name will send shivers down his spine. But you know what? He learned in my home, you give respect to all women. And so it wasn't that big of a shock to him to say, yes, ma'am. What was the whole line? Yes, ma'am. You don't even want to say her name, do you? (laughs) But I mean, seriously, it's one of those deals where, look, you respect her. Why? because you're joint together because God's given you just like Autumn is that incredible gift to Dan and Jory gentlemen, the greatest gift next to your salvation God has ever given you is that woman sitting beside you there is no greater gift there is no greater gift and and, and too, many, too many guys honestly don't realize that until it's gone and um, it's sad so now, with that all said, some of you are going, well, I'm good. I'm not married. <laughs> oh, no. You ain't getting off that easy ever in here. Uh, a couple of principles. First principle, I think, for all of us is this. Look, submission isn't a woman to a man thing, not a man to a woman thing. Submission is a way of life for a believer. And we need to get less concerned about our rights and how people treat us and more concerned with how we reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone around us including our spouse and our kids our goal is to reflect Christ not to stand up and go well I am my right and my boss and that person not going to talk about me that way no, 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 no. you're missing the whole point of being a believer I mean, the whole point of believers giving my life and saying, God, my life is yours. I will, I will honor you with my life. And then we want to run around and go, well, I've got a right to this, a right to this, a right to this, right to this. no. Wait, wait, wait. Back up the truck and sit back and realize, it's not about your rights. It's about when you're done in that situation, you reflect the same principles that Jesus Christ reflected. That's what it's about. And that's what Peter's trying to get across to these people. It's not about your rights. So submission is a way of lifestyle for all of us. Just as he told the women, there's a, there's a strong issue here about not focusing on that which is outward. We're in a culture that spends so much time focusing on outward stuff. What kind of car you drive, what kind of house you live in, what you know, you know, what's your 401k look like? You know, what kind of clothes do you wear? We got this whole, you know, and for everybody it's their own thing. You know, for some of you it's like, okay, you know, what new rifle did you get? Or, you know. What new, you know, look at your latest golf club that you got. Or, um, you know, everybody's got their thing that we want to spend all of our time and energy and effort on. I'm not opposed to the, having some of those things. Believe me, I'm not saying we live a life of poverty and sackcloth and ashes. That's not what I'm talking about. But I am saying this, that if you look at our internal life, we spend as much time as in our internal world as we do on our external I'm saying the real truth character about us is not what we have externally, but what we have internally. There's a character about us. And that's, that's, what, that's what Peter's trying to get across. Not just to women, to all of us. Be careful about that, guys. Be careful about that, gals. Is, is There needs to be something internally. That's what our country, by the way, is losing right now. You get that. Our country is raising a group, a generation of people that have no moral boundaries. They have nothing internally that says right, wrong. Because they've been taught everything is whatever you think it is. And I tell you what, it ain't going to be pretty down the line. Those little girls like Autumn, those little guys that are are sitting up here, they're the kinds of kids that are going to stand out like a sore thumb when they have the kind of character and fortitude to say, no, I'm going to do what's right. And there is a right and there is a wrong. And that's what we're trying to raise. We're trying to raise a group of kids who have some moral boundaries, who have some standards, who have some internal things that drive the decisions they make. And we have to lead by example. And the last thing is this idea that, you know what? Our life should reflect respect and honor. Moms, dads, grandparents, please hear me. Your kids learn respect and honor when your door's closed. They're watching a whole lot more than they're listening. They walk in here and we teach them about respect and honor. That's one thing. But they go home and they watch the way you treat one another, they better see respect and honor. Or guess what? Mark my words. There will come a day when they will not respect and honor you. Because you have taught them that you can disrespect and dishonor people you don't agree with or you don't like. And there's a huge price tag to be paid for that. They've got to see it from us. They've got to see dignity and honor and respect in the way we treat one another in our home, in our community, in our church. They have to see that. We're the caretakers of that. So I want want to challenge you. Because it's easy to, to not think about this. But the reality is, guys, the way you talk to your wife, let's talk about the impact on children. Guys, the way you talk to your wife teaches your daughter how she should allow a guy to talk to her. And it teaches your son how he should talk to women. Ladies, The way you respect or honor your husband teaches your daughter what kind of mom and mother and wife to be. And it teaches your son what he should expect from marriage. Make sure you're teaching the right thing. Make sure you're teaching the right thing. They see it in us, and it's our responsibility to teach it. So let's let us be wise about it. And you go, well, you know, Pastor, I'm not married, and, you know, I'm just a single person. Let me tell you something. There are a lot of single people that have had tremendous impact on my boy's life. And I wouldn't trade the impact they have for anything. Because my kids watch. They don't care whether you're single or married or divorced or whatever else. All they care about is the life you live in front of them. That's what they see. So principles for all of us. Okay, I'm going to end it with this. I closed it up already, didn't I? Uh, I'm going to end it with this closing idea, concept, benediction, whatever you want to call it, this week. May we submit to one another and show respect and honor. May God hear our prayers this week because we function in our God-given roles. May, you be, may God be honored with our lives this week as we serve him and not us.